Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 78, the Christmas special episode of the Game Groups Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. My name is Matt, and today I am joined by Paul. He's back, Josh and Mike. But gentlemen, let's get right down to business. Instead of asking you guys, (laughs) you okay? (laughs) It's frightening. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to get down to business. Instead of asking you guys how you're doing this week, I want to ask everyone what the peak of the week has been. Paul, you were gone last week. I was. You were in NYC. We were all in the same country. It was wonderful. It was beautiful. Tell us, what was the best thing that happened to you this week? Well, I'll just say I, I, uh, (laughs) I... Listen to the start of last week's podcast. Oh, uh, I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I listened to the start. Uh, some funny bits, by the way. Uh, it was nice to hear Mike speak uh, because I I did leave a gap for him to speak <laughs> yeah. this time by not being there. Um, but no, you mentioned oh we should we should pipe Paul in. He's driving right now. Yeah. I wish I wish we did do that. That would have been fun. It was a very long drive, twelve hours there, twelve hours back. Not of like straight driving, but like the trip. You know? Yeah, it's pretty long. So uh, about like nine hours of actual driving, but you know we stopped in Scranton uh, and uh, did the whole office. You know, looked at the office oh. stuff, which was cool. Um, I mean, Scranton itself. I, I don't want to insult any of our listeners in Scranton, <laughs> but I mean, it's it, the whole point of like the office being set in Scranton right. is that it's like a depressed town that's like past its. Watch your words. Yeah, that's kind of past oh. its. It's past its prime. You know, the the factories have gone. You know, I mean, like a lot of. <laughs> Pennsylvania Scranton is the electric city I will watch hey, your words and and you know I'm sure at one point that was exciting when uh, there were coal mines but uh, yeah anyway it's a little depressing um, but we did go through and uh, you know turns out high point of the trip uh, I don't want to get into a long drawn out uh, experience about this and we can talk about it later but um, peak of my week was getting home oh it was kind of you know have you ever had this experience where oh Mike is uh, is informing me that his extended family is from Scranton, so Uh-oh. I shouldn't I shouldn't say anything too <laughs> sent it salacious. In the but like uh, it's fine. It's not like horrible or anything. I, it's just like you know it's a little depressing. Former co-workers. <laughs> now that's actually why they're they're so pissed at your words now. Yeah, they are. They're yeah they they actually have Electric City tattoos. It's a whole thing. Um, they're the peak of my week. Uh, honestly, you've ever had one of those trips where you have this like lifetime trip, you know, you're like, Oh, go to the, go do this thing. And you go to this place you've always wanted to go to. And it's amazing. And everything goes like perfect. And it's this wonderful trip. And then a couple of years later you go, you, you build it up and you go, man, I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to do that exact same trip again. You yeah. can't, you can never no. go back. You can't do the same trip twice. This is something I've never, I never learned in the past. Uh, and I did this time, uh, we tried to do the same trip twice. We tried to go to the same places, see the same stuff, have the same sense of awe. Right. It doesn't work that way. So, well, it was cool to go. Um, it was pouring rain, uh, the whole time and it was winter. You know, we were kind of hoping to go and get the snow and that kind of thing. Not so much. Uh, all the ice rinks were closed. We couldn't do like the cool skating thing. There's also like 9 million fucking people there (laughs) and we've been like basically housebound for two and a half years. Like we just don't, we haven't like worked our way up post like, you know, as the, as the, you know, the pandemic and there's still, you know, we're still pretty, we're still sticking in home most of the time. We still kind of mask up when we go out. This was maybe like, we were like, oh, it won't be so bad. We can just kind of like put on masks and we can get some food and wander around. It's not how December in a rainy New York goes. 
it just wasn't the move. So honestly, we we both had a really nice bonding moment where we where Rachel and I kind of looked at each other and we're like, this trip kind of sucks, right? So we, <laughs> we we ended up booking a really nice hotel uh, for our last night. Actually, we nice. we kind of splurged and we just went to this like really snazzy hotel and we and we had these cool like hooded bathrobes. And, <laughs> and I'm sure they had it looking beautiful for Christmas and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There was some great looking stuff. And, and from inside the hotel, we had a great view of like uh, the Empire State Building and oh wow and, and the Trade Center and all that kind of stuff. So that part was cool. Looking at it through a window was cool. Um, but uh, I will say in the future, probably going to just stick around to doing some quieter stuff. I think I aged out of my interest. And also, we went to like a smaller neighborhood at one point at the end of the trip. We went to Chelsea. I'm sorry I'm eating up time a little bit. It's just like it was a big trip. Yeah. And we went to Chelsea and we saw Hugh Jackman. And I spoke to him and he spoke to me. So this is kind of like probably the actual peak peak yeah. um, was meeting Wolverine himself. <laughs> uh, we saw this like it, we kind of like almost bumped into this like very handsome uh, looking Hugh Jackman looking motherfucker. And then, you know, we're kind of you're kind of aware of what his wife looks like because it's kind of like a famous Hollywood relationship. where like, right, right. you know, she's so much older than him and, and he didn't like, you know, he they stayed together, even though he's like a mega star, which is pretty rare, I think, sometimes. And um, and so we saw her and we thought, OK, well, obviously, oh. if if we thought this could be Hugh Jackman, you know, I think we we're both thinking it, but you can't really verify. Right. Like, it's hard to tell if some random guy in New York is yeah. Hugh Jackman. But then you see him holding hands with who is clearly Hugh Jackman's wife. <laughs> yeah, we're like, okay, yeah. well, this is either an incredibly handsome doppelganger that she's cheating on Hugh with, or this is Hugh Jackman. <laughs> so, um, you know, we kind of like looked at each other and I said, Hey, we love you. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I, I thought I just didn't want to bother him. I just right. kind of wanted to, he was staying there and I was like, Hey, we love you. And he was like, thank you. And he kind of like looked our way a little bit. That's and awesome. And I was like, all right, Hugh Jackman spoke to me. Like of all celebs, I'm like, uh, you know, because we, we before we went, we looked at a list of celebrities who live in New York and we we're like, oh, any of these yeah. we care about, like if we ran into and I was like, one of them was Hugh Jackman. I was like, he's one of the only ones. That's a good one. I that's would a, care. That's a good one. He seems like he's not. He seems like a genuinely good dude. For sure. He'd be one of those ones that if I found out he like, uh, you know, did some uh, Cosby-esque stuff, I'd be pretty bummed. Not just yeah. for the victims, but f- for my own <laughs> enjoyment of <laughs> right. the celebrity. Anyway. That was my trip uh, in a nutshell and uh, happy to be home, happy to be back, um, getting some more vacay soon. So really, really psyched for uh, to know life, the Witcher, which we'll talk more about in the water cooler. Thanks for indulging me, everyone. I, I do have to ask what Hugh Jackman was wearing because my wife and I discussed this and I said, <laughs> I think he was wearing it's wintertime in New York. It was cold. I think he was wearing definitely some sort of hat, but he was wearing like a one of those long black jackets. You know, they go all the way down. I don't know what they're called. No. I don't know what clothes. Oh, no. he wearing? What was he wearing? I think he was wearing like jeans and like a nice like bomber jacket, like okay. layered with a sweater, layered with said, a shirt. Actually. Like yeah, I think he had sunglasses on. Like okay. it was very she like got it right, very like chic and mod. Not not like the long, not like the long overly done up thing. All right. She had it right. Yeah. Let her know. Now, yeah, New York City, that has never been my speed. Like you said, you're you're maybe aging out of it now. I've been there once. I have zero desire to ever go back. I just, big cities are not my thing just at all. Spider-Man Miles Morales exists. If I want to go spend Christmas in New York, I could have done. That's what I'll do next year. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Josh, what was the peak of your week? Just happened. Probably not. I don't know hour and 30 minutes ago whoa scheduled the old uh first tattoo in february wow holy shit yep 
got kind of that surprised one you don't set. have one already, actually. I, I've actually gotten that before from a lot of people, so I figured it's time. Matt's saying he thinks you look kind of like a dirtbag. I, I <laughs> wow. honestly kind of am. I'm a big piece of shit. Not only that, I'm a weeb, too. Uh, no, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be kind of the start of... Uh, actually, I'm going whole hog and getting two tattoos, actually, off the rip. Uh, so I'm getting one on my forearm, and then I don't know where I'm getting the other one, but it's uh, it's one I'm getting with Fave in tandem. Sorry. So when you said four, <laughs> all I could think was that you're gonna say forehead. <laughs> <laughs> We're going all in, yeah. baby! <laughs> right smack dab in the middle of my head. So one is obviously the groof, the goodnight groof's moon. That's mm-hmm. obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the we're, other we're one cashed in early. Yeah, <laughs> and the other one is uh, Fabian's SFG pixel art character, and then he's getting you. No, no, no. It's actually just a uh, hand-drawn rendition of Fabian's penis. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, that, was, that was option three, actually. <laughs> no, yeah, it'll it'll be cool. It's just uh, like some panels of like uh, some characters that I like uh, a shitload from one of the shows we watch a lot of. Cool. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, then it'll be another a little egg character between me and Fave. If you want to know what it looks like, just Google a funny little egg character, and it's a little egg waving. And I don't know where I'm putting it yet, <laughs> but I'm putting it somewhere, and we'll find out, I guess. All right. Well, I, for one, am looking forward to your Togepi tattoo. Mike, what was the peak of your week? Uh, I don't know. I'm still sick. We're, we're just going to say I don't have one. And we'll move on. <laughs> okay. Because I'm miserable right now. That's all right. Well, Mike, <laughs> feel better. <laughs> I kind of love that. I'm not going to lie. All right. So let's move on to show me your trends. In Show Me Your Trends, I give the panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase. They have to tell me how the top result ends by picking from three options. One is right, two are wrong. Searches are made in incognito mode. Get the purest answers possible. We're going to play three quick rounds here. Round one, how does Santa blank? How does Santa get in without a chimney? How does Santa pay his elves? Or how does Santa Hog Rider work? The fuck? <laughs> well, how does what the fuck? Santa Hog Rider work? I'm going with that one. What? I'll fill you guys in on this after you get after you finish the question. There's no way that's the actual one. I think Matt just saw it on the list and was like, that's hilarious. I'm gonna put it down. Maybe. I'm gonna go with get in without a chimney because where the fuck does he go? Magic. Front door. He, he fucking breaks in with a gun and demands all your money. Jesus. Exactly. <laughs> but still leaves presents. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't want those presents. Uh, I'll be honest. Up yeah. uh, I'm going with chimney. Yeah. I was going to say the chimney one, open the window and you kind of put your butthole by the window and he sloops in that way. Oh. He uses it like a little slide. Wait, he, hold on. So he, he enters sloops in your ass? He sloops in through your butt. Through your butt, out your mouth, out then he does mouth. the gifts, and then uh. he slides back out. He can't go through the window itself. That's not how the magic works. He needs like a, he needs like a, like a, what is like he a, shrink down like he needs a magic a tunnel. school bus? He needs a tunnel, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> is it like a Tim Allen situation where he like, gets really small as and like goes through or does like like josh had like no he uh, turns into like that magic dust you know when when you see him down the chimney too okay yeah yeah. Uh, but but for some reason the magic dust just can't escape past the cracks in the window you got to go through this guy's ass you got to boof santa or you're not getting your gifts um i'm gonna say hog rider work (laughs) (laughs) i'm so confused mike what are you going with uh Get in without chimney. Yeah, and that's what I went with to you. The answer is how does Santa hog rider work? What the fuck? What is it? 
It's a Clash Royale or Clash of Clans thing. Fuck off. Santa no. Hog Rider is like a new card or character in Clash Royale. And is that popular? Wow. I guess. How does it it's work? It's limited time. I, I mean, to work? be fair, I don't think, you know, five-year-olds that believe in Santa are Googling how does Santa get in without chimney. Because they already know. That's true. That's true. They know. They have to They have to press their cheeks up every every Christmas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Round two. <laughs> Round two. <Let's> back up. <laughs> the parents. They see their parents doing it. Uh-huh. uh-huh Round uh-huh. two. Are Santa's elves blank? Oh, God. Are Santa's elves real? Are Santa's elves immortal? Or are Santa's elves unionized? Uh, definitely unionized. 100% unionized. Yeah. I can vouch for the fact that they are real and they are not immortal. <laughs> I drove through some pretty treacherous uh, icy terrain recently. <laughs> and killed some elves? Either that or five-year-olds. It's really hard to tell. All right. Well, this is uh, the extradition version of the podcast. <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to go with, I don't fucking know. I literally said what I was going to go with, and now I've just forgotten the option I was going to go with. Son of a bitch. Uh, oh, are they immortal? Are elves immortal? I don't know. Sure, why not? Mike? Unionized. Yeah, I'm going union as well. The answer is, are Santa's elves real? Are Santa's elves real? No. no there, no. I answered the Google search. <laughs> wow. What? I hope Got you're not him. listening to this uh, with the family, although I, I could have said I, that I much hope earlier. you're never <laughs> listening to this with the family. Someone isn't listening with their family after my fateful drive recently. We know Derek does occasionally. <laughs> That's true. They, they can take what they get at this point. Round three. Why are reindeer blank? Why are reindeer noses red? Why are reindeer called reindeer? Or why are reindeer associated with Christmas? Okay, so firstly, reindeer noses aren't red. <laughs> Rudolph, Just Rudolphs. Though. Just Rudolphs. That's true. The rest of them are copycats. They all started doing it after they saw Rudolph do it. Oh, uh, because he was so popular. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They just look like clowns. I'm going to have to dig into my Santa compendium to make sure our lore is correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's red nose uh, associated with Christmas are called reindeer. Right. Um. Why yeah. are they called reindeer? I mean, reindeer is a stupid name. So, I mean, that is a good question. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to go. With, I'm going to go. With why are they reindeer? Yeah. I'm going to go yeah. with associated with Christmas. You know, I mean, why? Because it's cold up there. Polar bears. Same shit. They could do it. Imagine if the sleigh was pulled by polar bears. Wouldn't that be cool? Be much 12. Be each, terrifying. One, each one more bloodthirsty <laughs> than the last. <laughs> <laughs> Mike? Why are they called reindeer? All right. The answer is why are reindeer called reindeer? Why are reindeer called reindeer? I don't know. All right. Let's move on to the big question. The holidays are the perfect time to curl up on the couch or settle into your desk at your PC and cozy up with some fun games. So here's the question. What games do you want to get to over the next couple weeks during this holiday season, whether from your backlog or newly released games? I'll go first. So you guys can have a little bit of time to, to think about it. Although, of course, uh, you get the show notes early, so uh, you already should have. But anyway, uh, my answer is that, well, one, I'm going to continue playing The Witcher 3. I'm not sure I'm going to finish it, at least not right now. I, I, I could see myself taking a break to get some other things going on. Otherwise, the game can kind of just take over everything. If you just go through the entire Witcher 3 in, in one go, it's it, it just takes over and 
you lose a lot of time to, to do other stuff. So I'm going to keep playing it. Not sure I'm going to finish it. We'll see how that goes. I'm also going to keep playing New World because with the holiday event in the game, I'm getting a ton of these awesome Christmas vibes. Plus, I'm continuing to decorate the house for the holidays, that new house that I got. And actually, today, new stuff came to the store, that stuff that I wanted with the, the Christmas tree and all that stuff. So I'll be checking that out later. And then God of War Ragnarok and Tunic are two games that I really want to get back to. Both of those also for me, for some reason, they, they feel kind of appropriate for the holiday season. So I do want to get back to those. And then for whatever reason, guys, I can't really explain it. I don't know why, but this game is calling my name right now. I, I almost want to drop everything and go play this game. And it's Death Stranding. I, I got to I gotta get through some other stuff first. I really feel like it, but there's some reason like Death Stranding is just calling my name. I don't know why. I don't know why. Maybe it's the uh, Death Stranding 2 hype. But anyway, Josh, let's go to you next. What are games that you want to get to over the next couple weeks during this holiday season, either from your backlog or stuff that recently came out? It's so bad that I'm just so predictable. I mean, you know where <laughs> I'm going with this. Uh, it's just I have a more legitimate reason, I feel like, in the holidays than anything. Okay, for one. One's right. wild. No shit. Yeah. The new expansion just released. I'm going to keep playing it. We're not far away from the release. I've been playing WoW as casually as I ever have. So it's going to, I'm going to have so much shit to do. It's going to be fantastic. And like, that's the thing. I find it's hard to sit down for an MMO when you're, you know, you've only got like an hour or two. It's hard to really like sit down and commit that time. But when you've got all day yeah. because your sweet dear wife has to work on New Year's and you ain't got shit else to do, fuck it just sit down and play World of Warcraft for 12 hours and you're yeah. good to go. Uh, or You know, that's that's kind of the plan. Same with uh, New World. Uh, New World has got me by the balls and I just plan on... It's it's a super cozy game, honestly. As as fucked up as all the environments you're in, it still feels cozy and just like the the festival, the little winter festival they have going on is super like nice and cozy with, uh, with the uh, world as well. I wish I could go back and do the... Um, Wintervale and wow, I just can't bring myself to do it twice because that shit sucks. Uh, but yeah. Have you been to any of the winter villages in New World? Uh, yeah, I've been to the main one uh, that I think everybody goes to, which is like by Everfall or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, there's four of them and they're 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 pretty much identical copies of each other, but like the music that plays there is so good and they're just like they're just like these really cute little areas that just so cozy. I don't know. It's, it's a nice little event. It's uh, I've had I've had a lot of fun with it. I'll talk more about it on the water cooler, but uh, it's it's cozy and it's just nice to just chill out in the world and not worry about things for a while, especially during Christmas when it's you know ain't fuck else going on. Paul, what are you getting to over the holiday season? Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, I think I mentioned I don't know if I mentioned on the pod, but um, from the 23rd to January 3rd, I'm off. I have like 11 days. Oh, of, yeah. of, of no work. Um, so I'm gonna. I'm going to know life the Witcher 3. Whoa. Um, I'm already starting like I've already put a, a good couple hours in, a few hours uh, more than that. Yeah, you've um, played in the last quite a bit days. actually. Yep, uh and I'm I'm getting in there and you know what honestly, this is one of those times where it just the stars aligned. It's been long enough, about a year since I last really really dug into the game and that's when I first kind of really discovered how much I loved it, but I still never really finished everything. So this time coming back this feels like the definitive time and it, it lines up perfectly with the new, you know, the refresh um, with the, the re-released. So 
Um, it's it's amazing. I'm having such a good time. I was playing on ray trace graphics in the Series X, but I I switched. Um, and I don't know if I'm ever going to switch back. That performance mode it's is so much better. Nuts. Yeah. And like the graphics are already so much better. Like right. Rachel wanted to play a little bit and she was playing on the PS4. Um, and you know, like saves are so weird with Witcher. You can't really like have two games going at once. So we, I booted up the PS4 for her to play today for a little bit. Cause we're, we all like Witcher hype has surrounded our house right now. And it looks really, really bad. <laughs> like really? comparatively, comparatively to like the base PS4 to performance mode on the series X. I mean, obviously, but like, wow. it's not like, it looks so much better on the series X. The only thing you're missing. I'm glad in performance, it's so noticeable. It is. It really, really is. And like, obviously the ray tracing is cool, but in some scenarios, it's more just about realism, which I don't really even want. Like, I kind of think they did a really good job thinking they knew where the light was going to go. And sometimes the ray tracing almost like doesn't highlight someone's face in a moment where like they had clearly chosen to do that, like right. cinematographically before. So, it's a whole thing, but either way, I'm. It's it. It's smooth, buttery, sixty FPS. It's hard when I go back now. It looks like jittery. Um, I think the game's a little bit. As we know, the game's a little bit kind of janky in like the movement and combat a tiny bit. And so this sixty FPS just like pushes it over the edge for me in terms of like helping smooth out some of that roughness. Um, I'm also just having. Well, sorry, this is water cooler talk. Witcher three. I'll talk more about it later. But I, but I'm gonna just be playing tons of that because I'm at the point now where I'm going back and I'm playing, I'm, I'm going through all of White Orchard and like doing all the undiscovered locations and stuff, which is nice. something I never would have done previously because I was like, let me let, get me out of here. But I'm just really loving being in there. Um, in addition, I also wrote just some other random stuff I want to check out. Um, High on life. Yeah. I yeah. actually put about two hours before I went away uh, into high on life. And I kind of like really like it. Um, oh, wow. I just find it like, I don't know when you're watching a YouTube video, of someone play a game like that with like possible cringe humor. It feels a lot different than when you're playing the game. And so even though the humor is kind of like a little over the top and like there's definitely tons of cringy bits when you're playing the game, when you're the character, when you're moving around this world and you're immersed, um, the humor hits harder for me. Like it feels a lot less goofy than when I'm judging it from watching a video than when I'm playing it. So um, I found a lot of the humor really funny just like not hilarious i'm losing my mind but just like fun old school video game uh you know just like there's so many jokes and there's so many lines and there's there's a lot of care put into that um there, there's actually options which i thought was really cool to like decide um if your people are going to frequently talk to you more um or if you want them to shut the fuck up so you can like make the guns not talk so fucking much or like yeah, people bother yeah. you which was cool but yeah it, that's cool so i'll talk a little bit more about that in the water cooler but i think i'm going to get back to that cuz it's it's calling my name a little bit, you know, it, it had some charm for me. And then finally, something I can't I haven't already played. So I won't basically water cooler this, but um, a Warhammer 40K Dark Tide. Yeah, I think I'm going to play that. It's uh, it's on Game Pass. I was actually talking to my manager at work today and uh, he was like, have you been playing Dark Tide? And I was like, I think I'm going to. So I said I would try it over uh, over the break here. So I'll let you know how that goes in a future water cooler. But I've been wanting to play Vermintide for so long and then. The Dark Tide stuff looks even cooler to me, so uh, hopefully, hopefully that will be kind of a fun distraction from these like really story narrative heavy games. Very nice. Yeah, I think that's a good way to break up some time in The Witcher Three for sure. I didn't give my uh, my peak of the week, but if anyone's curious, uh, my peak is just that it's Christmas week. I love the time of year; it's so cozy. I love the vibes. So that's that. Uh, as far as The Witcher Three, Paul, my my one th- response that I want to say about the 
ray trace mode versus performance mode. You're right. I've only used the performance mode. I've turned on ray tracing mode a couple times when I've gone into photo mode and took screenshots, but that's it. And one thing about The Witcher 3, some of the best sunsets in any video game ever. And you can get some really great photo mode screenshots with that. And, and photo mode, of course, is a new thing in the new next gen update as well. Mike, let's go to you. What are some games that you want to get get to uh, over the next couple of weeks during the holiday? I don't know. I, I want to finish Midnight Sun. That's really the only thing that's on my mind at the moment because it's been long and arduous and I want to be done with it. That's really it. I don't have anything really on my radar. Honestly, I'll probably just play more board games over the holiday than video games. If anything, um, I'll probably play Dark Tide, but that's just because it's something to do. I'm not like right. out here like, oh, I want to finish X game. I, I, I don't really have that. I'll probably play more Marvel Snap. Yeah. But I play that regularly. Like everything that I'll be playing this holiday is everything that I play regularly anyways. So um, I've got some board games that we need to get to and get through. So we're going to probably end up doing that later this week on Friday. Sweet. I'd also like to um, not be sick. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been three I weeks. Know. I'm tired of it. I know. I know. That that sucks. I'm going to play the get well game yeah called sleeping yeah that's a good game i like that game it a lot is. what are some of those board games that you're wanting to get to we have three legacy games that we're playing right now that we need to finish because we got new games that we're going to probably oh, okay. start getting into um so pandemic legacy season one we need to finish um detective which is a detective game um and clank legacy those are the three board games the only one i know out of those is pandemic and that's because my wife and i got it as an engagement gift really good game all right let's move on to name that game it's been a little while i don't think we've done it since episode 60 which was kind of shocking to me i figured that we had done it at some point there but it's been a while so in Name That Game, I'm going to give the panelists 10 clues. The clues start off more vague, and they'll progressively get more specific. We're going to do the new rules that we've been doing. So when you think you know the game, you're going to buzz in by saying named it, but you're not going to say anything right away. We're going to mark you down as having guessed at a specific clue. Then you're going to take off your headphones. So you're not going to hear the remaining clues. Then the rest of the panelists will continue to play by the same rules where they buzz in and say named it and remove their headphones. So once all the clues have been presented, we're going to go down the line, see who got it right. Person who got the right answer earliest into the clues is going to win. All right. Clue one. This game holds a score of 85 on Metacritic for its highest scoring launch platform. This game originally released in 2019 on three platforms and then on another five more platforms later on. This game sold over 3 million units. This game was a brand new IP from a Finnish developer. Though a third-person action game, it would be considered a member of the Metroidvania genre of games. Named it. Okay, take your headphones off. 
A direct sequel is currently in development along with an additional co-op multiplayer title within the same franchise. This game was nominated for Game of the Year at the Game Awards among seven additional categories as well, winning only one of them. Named it. Okay. Josh, you remain so you can listen to the rest of the clues. Post-release DLC content linked it to another universe from the developer's catalog of games. This game features a red-headed female protagonist. And the game really lets you take control of the world around you. All right. I'm doing the hand signal. I don't know what this is. It's like the chicken dance. I haven't the slightest fucking clue what this shit is. <laughs> Even though I said the name of the game in the final line? I have no clue what this is. All right. So, Paul, you said named it first. So let's go to you first. What do you think it is? <clears throat> I did one of those things where I buzzed in early, but I was pretty sure I was wrong. But uh, just to get it in, Hades? It's not Hades. Yep. Not Hades. Mike, what do you think it is? Horizon Zero Dawn. It's not Horizon Zero Dawn. Josh, I told you I literally said the name in the final clue, and you said you still don't know what it is. Josh, what is it? I have no clue. <laughs> what, you said control what is the final something? clue? Imagine Matt said, like, Sonic. All right, so no one get, no one wins this one. This is I think this is the first ever name that game that no one is winning. But the final here here's what I'll do. I'll, you said I'll, the name. Fucking God I'll go it, through Josh. the I'll go through the rest of the clue the clues starting where Paul said named it at. So a direct sequel is currently in development along with an additional co-op multiplayer title in the same franchise. It was nominated for game of the year at the game awards among seven additional categories as well, winning only one of them post-release DLC content linked it to another universe from the developer's catalog of games. Oh, I know what it is. It's control. It's control yeah. features yeah, a redheaded pr female protagonist. And then the final clue this game really lets you take control of the world around you. Did you say it like that? So, well, yeah, but that's <laughs> so the problem. Funny. It's such a basic bitch-ass name. <laughs> like, oh, we can name our game Control. <laughs> like, oh, like, my God. I'm so bad at naming that game. I've not won one. I'm never going to win one until it's like... because Matt doesn't pick World of Warcraft as the game. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it, that very sophisticated name, World of Warcraft. <laughs> to be fair, I did think that this would be a difficult one, and I guess it proved to be kind of difficult. All right. Well, uh, we're going to say that I win that one, actually, I yeah. think. Yeah, we're going to say you I win. deserve it. All right, let's move on to the water cooler. We're going to take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we've been playing this week. And this is really almost going to be an extension of the big question because a lot of us are already playing the games that we plan to continue playing into the holidays. So, again, I'll just go first. I'll get it out of the way. Playing a lot more of New World. I played a shit ton of New World. On either Saturday or Sunday, I played like almost all day. I finally I entered Brimstone Sands for the first time. Giant ass desert zone. Uh, this was the focal point of the October update. This zone is massive. It's fucking huge. It has a settlement and two separate outposts. So it is just like there's a ton of shit going on. So within three minutes of me entering the zone, I saw that giant sandworm pop out in front of me. It was super cool, super impressive, and obviously a really awesome welcome to the zone. The sand blows in the wind, giant ass open areas, really makes the zone feel immersive. I was actually telling Josh uh, in in some DMs on Discord, I was like, "This zone, you're gonna, Josh is gonna hate for travel because there's a lot of area where there's just no fast travel because the zone is so fucking huge." But 
it really feels like you're just walking through this isolated desert. The sand's blowing in the wind. You see the you're walking over the dunes. You can off in the distance. You can see these tents at this outpost. It's so cool. It's such a cool zone. I can't wait to to get there and do some quests there. I just wanted to go there and see it and and just like initiate the the quest line. But I'm I'm gonna go back and do the other stuff first. But really cool. And I'm also really enjoying the group dungeons in New World. I love that the boss fights have like a number of mechanics and phases, and they're actually really challenging when you're new to them. I, I assume it's like every game. Once you've done it a million times, it gets easier because you know exactly what's going to happen. And your entire group has done the fight 20, 30, 50 times or whatever. And you, you all know what you're doing, but at first it's actually challenging and, and you're trying to learn the fights and you, your group might not have success. And so that's, I'm really loving the group dungeons. They're really fun, but also the Witcher three next gen update, been playing more of that not much to say other than like the game is just so good. It's just so damn good. It's so fun. We we've said it before, but it's, it feels like a, it's the most novelistic video game narrative I've played. It's, I wouldn't say it's a cinematic narrative, but it's novelistic. That's how it feels. And it's, it's just so the world is so interesting. The characters are so interesting. The stories, the side quests, everything is so interesting and fascinating. And I just want to learn more. And I don't know if there's another game that does that to me. The Witcher 3 is just totally on a different level as far as story goes and narrative. And I'm just having such a good time with it. But Josh, let's go to you next. What are you playing? I guess first and foremost, I got Favian into Rocket League. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. I, which is shocking. He gives me so much shit for how much I play that game every week. And then I got his ass into it. Uh, all he's really doing right now is blowing people the fuck up and occasionally hitting the ball. But look, he's playing. He's having fun. Uh, <laughs> so good for him. If that's what it takes to get my boy into Rocket League, that's what it takes. Yeah, I've carried worse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then uh, I've played a lot of New World, too. Uh, it's just, I don't know what it is. I I think it's more that I've just found myself, especially with Dragonflight, and especially in Shadowlands, it happened hard. Like, my guild fell apart after BFA into Shadowlands, and I just found myself lingering, not really wanting to get into any guilds, which kind of almost teetered into me playing games a lot differently as far as MMOs go, which kind of led me into playing New World a lot, because New World is a really easy, fun game to play solo. Like, it's not unrewarding to play on your own, even though there's plenty of avenues to play with people, you don't necessarily have to do them, um, other than, like, maybe a handful of times, really, until you get to endgame anyways. Uh, so it's been nice to just be able to log on and just play it. Or it's even, New World's great for side content game. You don't have to immerse yourself in the world if you don't want to. You can have it up in the background, and you can watch whatever on the side while you're farming, you know, music, while you're doing tree farming, skinning, all that. It's it's really simple. I think the skinning system, or the skinning system, the crafting system in general has been a big part of the reason why I've still been playing it, too. I mean, it's still, it's a little convoluted still, but it's pretty top-notch. It takes a little while to learn, and, and and I had to take almost an entire day one weekend to just figure out the trading post, but once you really do start to figure it out, it, it, it becomes clear, and it, it becomes a lot easier, but, you, but you're right. like Having it at like, like a second screen while you're gathering stuff, I would, I would recommend to a new player, listen to the sounds in the game, get yourself immersed, but yeah, once, you're, once you've been in it for like 50 hours... Get you're something good. on a second screen. Yeah, exactly. You're good. Go chop down trees, make some money, whatever. Just enjoy yourself. Because I noticed about the time I hit that 35 mark, it slowed down again. I mean, I was I was telling Matt, I was like, normally at about this point, 
This is when I checked out with the other three characters I've done or two characters prior to this. Now it's like the blinders are off and I'm just loving it. So who knows? I, I think I'll probably honestly get max level. I'm enjoying it enough that I think it'll happen. Uh, just probably well into the new year, not anytime soon. I'm still playing Dragonflight. It's, I don't really have a whole lot to say on it yet other than I'm just playing it solo, taking it easy, waiting on LFR to come out. I'm just, I don't have the desire to go into full bore rating with Dragonflight. I just, I think I may try to like pug a few times once it like becomes more mainstream so I can try to get some tier sets for like transmog, but I just don't really have much desire to like go super hard right now. I'm just enjoying logging on. The dragon riding is still a lot of fun. I'm just going to keep at it. I, I eventually now I got to figure out the crafting system in it too because it, it even got a little more convoluted, but it's, I'm, I'm p figuring it out quicker than I was in New World. And then the last thing I really played, uh, me and Fave actually just played it. We didn't record it or anything. We just, I figured it'd be fun to have him hop on and us shoot the shit while we played it. But uh, High on Life is solid. For all the shit I talk about High on Life, it's actually kind of fun. I What Paul said resonated because it makes sense. When you're watching it from the outside, I was the same way. I was like, this is cringy, shitty humor. You get into it and like you're just like, I, I think having a friend there with me as well like helped. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, like So we could just, you know, with our same like levels of dumbass humor, like it just synced really well. And there's definitely some moments like where it's like, okay, you're just cussing for the sake of cussing. Like this is kind of cringy and cheesy and kiddish, but like it just kind of slides like right off you and you just keep going because the game just keeps throwing more shit at you. And you think you'd be exhausted by the time like you reach that like two to three hour mark. And I'm just not really yet. The gameplay is nothing spectacular. In fact, it's a shitty, terrible game. <laughs> it's better than I thought it would be. Like yeah. when we saw how stiff it looked, actually playing it feels a bit smoother, I think. Mm -hmm. So that I think that they set me up really well to like think, oh, this is better than I thought, but still terrible. Well, that fight. It's not as bad. It's actually not as bad. It's actually kind of fun. That's the first boss fight, right? The one that mm -hmm. we saw at the the, sh the award show. Here's, here's a yeah. suggestion that I want to give to uh, future... <laughs> future people getting ready for game shows don't show the first boss in your game it's unremarkable <laughs> it's so unremarkable but yeah that's uh that's really about it i i it's been a pretty engaging week did you know got a little further in dark souls of course for southern fire groups and that's um that's been a lot of fun but i'm just gonna leave that for sfg so yeah that's uh, been a pretty eventful week gaming wise very nice mike what have you been playing Midnight Suns. Yeah. Marvel Snap. Literally, that's it. <laughs> You're really in the Marvel universe right now. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Snap, I'm really enjoying. Midnight Suns, I am enjoying. I'm just... I want to get certain things unlocked, and I feel like I'm at the end of the game. So I'm doing bullshit side missions so that I can unlock the things that I want because I'm curious as to what is there. I feel like there's not enough main story content for the amount of unlocks in this game. Like in order to get everything unlocked, you have to get everyone's friendship to level five. I have one person to level five of like 13. I'm pretty oh, sure Jesus. I don't have all the heroes left up, uh, unlocked yet. Like I'm pretty sure there's one more hero that I'm going to get. I'm just confused at the pacing of the game. Obviously, like, I feel like it's not, you're not supposed to completionist this game. Okay. Uh, playthrough, but also there's an achievement to do so. So oh. I'm just very, I'm very confused. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not almost done with the game. Who the fuck knows? It feels like I am. It feels like I'm at the end, but 
I don't fucking know. It's just, it's kind of, it's kind of weird, kind of annoying. I know that they're doing seasons, so they're going to release new content on a seasonal basis. So maybe, like, I guess that will fix the pacing issue because it'll just be longer. Right. I, I don't know. I have almost all the research done. I have two more things to research. I have almost all of the upgrades to, like, all the equipment. I don't know what else there is. I've done all the exploration. So, I don't know. It's just weird. It's good. It's just, I don't... I feel like the RPG side of the game is longer than the actual game. And Mm. I've heard that the game itself is like 35 hours to complete. That's long. I want to say that I'm on hour... Actually, I can check. On hour 83? (laughs) So I'm just like... What the fuck's going on? I'm so confused by this game. I'm going to be honest. Like, my character is level 20. Is that the end? I I don't know. (laughs) I'm so lost. And then, like, with the research, like, I have two things left to research, and it's... They're both research level 10. I researched the level 11 thing, but my research level is 12, and I've never had anything that required level 12. I'm pretty sure it still goes up. I'm confused. I'm just big confused. If I if I continue through the story, which I'm just kind of mainlining at this point and hoping that I can get Peter and Tony to level five so I can unlock their special abilities and their special outfits. If I mainline this and they come at me with uh, welcome to act three, I'm going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm going to be so mad because they did that. Like you got to a certain point in the story and then they're like now on to act two. I was like, there's acts. Excuse me. So if 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 I get through this mission and it's like okay act 3 time I'm going to be like I hate you and I'm just going to power through the main line, main story and just be done with it. I wish certain things existed in the game. It's a deck building game, but unfortunately each hero's deck is only 8 cards. Oh. And I feel like there isn't enough synergy between cards for it to make sense have like there's things i want to do with the game like there's heroes that i want to be support characters that are healers and then there are characters that i'm like you like blade he can he can put bleeds on people and then use those bleeds to strengthen himself and heal himself and you kind of just become a one-man wrecking crew of putting bleeds on people and then healing yourself off of those bleeds so that you can never die and it's great it's fun i want to make a deck like that However, that deck only ever works if my other two characters are dead because I'm drawing cards from all three p- heroes decks at the same time. So if I put, you know, Nico, if I put Nico as a full support, uh, Captain America as full tank and Blade as full uh, dot DPS, there is a chance that I will just only see Nico's cards for oh. a full turn and then I'm just fucked. Because after that turn, reinforcements come in. And I'm like, okay, but I dealt with nothing because Nico doesn't do damage. So now I have to make, basically, I have to make everyone's deck well-rounded, which is not what I want to do in a deck building game. I want to min-max and make silly builds. Yeah. But the game doesn't really let me do that. And the only time that I've sat there, I've been like, this is fun and hilarious is when I, when there's only one hero left standing because then i can abuse the shit out of their deck 
like the last mission because you know classic i'm playing midnight suns while this podcast is going because it's <laughs> great it's great second screen content because i can just ignore it at any moment's notice and nothing happens because it's turn-based but like the last uh mission that i did captain marvel went down and captain america went down both captains down it's terrible <laughs> news terrible news but blade was still up and there were four enemies still still up and i was still getting consistent reinforcements of two enemies at a time joining the fight and he did not go down because his deck abused the shit out of the bleed mechanic it was great i had fun i was like this is cool he's immortal because he's a vampire and everyone's bleeding that thematically makes sense yeah but those moments just don't happen very often instead like my situation right now i'm stuck with nico minoro has a heal spell and a buff spell and that's it and it's turn one so both healing and buffing is kind of pointless at this point i have no one that needs healing it is turn one two things i wish i could see where my discard pile is there's no discard pile Mm. so i don't know where i'm at in my in my deck which is really weird for a card game yeah and then secondly because there's a redraw system so like you get two free redraws every turn to kind of like round out your deck but like there isn't a way to know where i'm at in my deck you know am i going to reshuffle my discard or does that just get reshuffled in automatically i have no idea basically there's no there's no deck information and that's very strange for a card game that is and then secondly it's like i wish i could choose which decks like i wish i had three separate decks that i could choose which ones to draw from instead of them all being combined into one deck because then i could tailor my experience to what's going on i'd have more control over the strategic side and less rng hope that i get the right cards because if you lose a scenario and you restart it it restarts at the same seed so you get the same cards in the exact same order and you have to try to work with it and it's like but but you fucked me on the rng so this is going to be really annoying that's weird i don't like that at all it's so close to being a good card game but i feel like they didn't want it to be a card game but like it's, it could be a card game. You were talking about the the pacing. I'm looking at the how long to beat right now, and there's not not a lot of stats because the numbers are in red, so there's not a lot of information here. But yeah. it says main story, 32 hours. Yeah. Main plus extra, 66 hours, and completionist, 86 hours. That's a long game. It is a long game. There is a lot in here that is surprising. The customization is really cool. There's a shit ton of it. Every time you unlock a new costume, then you unlock new customizations options that you have to go explore and find. Really cool. Really cool how they did it. Really nice that you get a lot of options for every single character. And it's really cool that you can just check, click a button and they'll change their outfit every time you see them. For me personally, I have certain squads set up that are color coded. So like <laughs> I have uh, Peter, Doctor Strange, and uh robbie reyes our one squad for lack of this is a terrible name for them but they're wearing all whites so they're white squad because they look really cool like uh, imagine spider-man in an all-white costume 
with a gold emblem. That is cool. Future yeah. Foundation. Exactly. That's that's exactly what it is. Future Foundation. Yeah. Even the uh, Robbie Reyes as uh, I don't know who that is. He's he's um oh my god fuck Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah. he's a okay. Ghost Rider. <laughs> yeah, Ghost Rider, all white with a uh, black trim, and his skull is all white. I'm just like, oh, you look that's sweet, cool. awesome, badass. And then Stephen Strange in all white with gold trim. That's my white squad. They go out. They suck. Um, it's a terrible, <laughs> terrible. But they look cool. grouping. <laughs> yeah. But they look cool. That's like what it's they all do about. not. They do not gel at all. That's what this game wants. They want you to look cool. They don't care about the yeah, cards. Yeah. Um, I've got my my dark squad, which is it's Captain Marvel, Captain uh, America, and Blade, all wearing black and red. Uh, Captain America is wearing his uh, U.S. agent costume, which oh. looks so good and is the only costume that i like on him <laughs> and then i have my red squad which is scarlet witch uh iron man and uh nico because all of nico's costumes suck so Brutal. she's not even wearing red nico. that's a bummer you know what you know what's even worse i fucking hate nico in this game she gets worse uh, and worse as it goes on i love like, her so I, much in runaways i exactly and i was so excited to have her in this and i loved her when i met her initially and for the first like quarter of the game i was like nico you're great and then she's just like s continuously went downhill on her character i was like i fucking hate your character now like to the point where i have a conversation with her i am openly mean to her <laughs> because she says shit and i'm Malicious just like your compliance yeah you're a fucking idiot i can't stand you the entire game with, with limited spoilers is the entire game dynamic is the avengers and the midnight suns they're clashing as a team because the avengers think one thing the the avengers come up with a plan and leave the midnight suns out of it the midnight suns come up with a plan and leave the avengers out of it and the the two heads are basically tony stark and nico minoro and tony does something and has a cry session but gets over it nico does something and is relentlessly just nitpicking the shit and complaining about the avengers the entire fucking story i'm just like nico you're so annoying. <laughs> like, like even after you have like this great big moment where you un unite the teams and you give a speech and there's like some relationship de decisions there. And Tony and Nico both gave me their, you know, support in what I decided. Even after that, Nico is still just like, we need to, we need to just be in charge and shut out the Avengers. I'm like, Nico, fuck off. <laughs> like, just stop, please. Cause it's annoying. But she's cool, though. She is cool. <laughs> I love her character design. I love her abilities. They're really well done. They're probably the so far. They're like the flashiest abilities in in the game. But like her personality is just driving me nuts at this point. Magic is great. Magic's my best friend. She's the only one that I got to level five. And that was the other thing. This will be my last gripe on the game. Magic's the only person that I've unlocked their legendary ability for other than my main character. And Magic's whole thing is that she makes portals and displaces people on the battlefield through said portals. So when you get her legendary ability, I thought we were going to get something related to that, you know, that could synergize with the entire point of her character. Right. No, no, no. We, I got a tank card. Oh. She taunts everyone and goes invulnerable for a turn. And I'm like, why is this her card? This has nothing to do with her at all. 
I mean, it's super useful. I use it every time yeah, I use like her. A card. It's a great card. But why is that on her and not on like Captain America or right. Captain Marvel? Or I'm pretty sure the Hulk is the next character that I'm going to get because I've seen promo art and I'm haven't lived in a hole for the development cycle of this game. So why isn't that on his? Like, it's so weird for her. She's essentially just a backline toss people around the battlefield because uh knockback and environmental damage is a, is a thing and just like throw them off cliffs she does a lot of throwing people off cliffs i'm like good for you magic you're great there's a lot of cliffs around i guess there are uh portals to hell is a cliff oh. that you can throw people into and it's yes. funny because they disappear and it's just like oh they're dead cool very nice mike do you want to uh do you want to talk about marvel snap or is it just more of the same um it's really good i have a lot of fun playing it it's on my desktop now so that's a problem but um i finally got to pair with my with my phone i have an issue with what i want to do with marvel snap part of me wants to climb the ladder but the other part of me wants to complete every single challenge and mission and some of the missions are like play three cost cards and do that like 20 times so i have a deck that's only three cost cards does it win maybe like 20 percent of the time does that help me with my rank? Absolutely not. So um, I also hate the retreat function. I will say that. I hate the retreat function. Yeah, it's kind of, it's much more forgiving than other competitive card games. Like for the person retreating. Yes, it's more forgiving for the person retreating. It, it, it's a bluffing system, right? You don't want to snap too early, early because you don't know if you're going to win, but you don't want to snap too late because they'll just leave. Right. But like... I feel like I get people retreating more often than not when I'm winning, even if I don't snap. And I'm just like, I can't get any progress on this. I'm just doing getting one block every every fight that I'm just like, yeah, I'm dominating this fight. I'm just like, I feel like that I should be rewarded a little bit more. Like, I feel like it should be like you get one block, you get whatever the the block is at, right? Whatever the, the snap count is at. So one, two or four depending on how many snaps there are when they retreat you get that number but then like i feel like you should get additional points for each location that you're winning when they leave oh yeah that'd be good that would alleviate my dismay because it's like if i'm completely trashing someone they can just leave and it's like oh well i was kicking ass but i'm not rewarded for it that's cool it just it makes me feel bad that would make sense i I also think like I'm, I guess I'm okay with the retreat function for the person doing the retreating because it is, be, since it is six turns, Yeah, there's not a lot of time to do it. So you don't know what's going to happen on like turn five, turn six, and, it, and that can mm-hmm. like totally change the game. So I, I do think yeah. from, from that, in that standpoint, it's fine, but you're right. You should, if you're the person who like the retreating is happening to you, you're right. You should get the points for the territory that you do control yeah just just something extra because it just feels like i'm being punished for doing well and i'm just like what did you well because there's no way there's no way that i could have gotten you know a better outcome right like if i snap they retreat and i still get one there's no way for me to get more points when i'm winning so hard right i have to almost like bluff the fact that i can beat you it's so weird it is weird it's a weird sort of meta game. Paul, let's go to you next. What have you been playing this week? Well, <clears throat> what? 
sorry. <laughs> I nodded off. Um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, let's, let's go through shit that I played. Um, first off, go through the, uh, the quick games, the, uh, the, the little babies, uh, going to start playing a little bit more Survivorio. It's just a fucking blast. Uh, get out of here, vampire survivors. You're really, like Mike was saying recently, really hard to see um, what the fuck is happening in Vampire Survivors. Uh, it's nice having just like a big, colorful, candy-coated mobile game uh, view for a game like that. So it's a lot nicer. It's been a lot of fun just enjoying that game. Uh, I play it way too much because I'll be like, oh, I'm going to play something good on the Xbox tonight. And then I'll kind of like watch TV and I'll be playing <laughs> Survivorio and then hours will have gone by, which I think is the classic Vampire Survivors trick. But it's even worse on your phone, which I think Vampire Survivors is now too. I tried it on phone. It didn't make it any better. Uh, still really <laughs> difficult. I actually worse because at least like on PC, it has that kind of feel where it's like you're playing an old game with your mouse, your, your arrow keys. Uh, but on the phone, I'm like, this shouldn't look like this. This shouldn't feel like this on a phone game. Also got back into playing Cookie Clicker a little bit, which is dangerous. I'm currently playing that actually right now as a second screen game. Uh, you know, as work kind of winds down for the holiday season here. There's only a few more days that I'm really going to be working. Cookie Clicker has really kind of grabbed my attention back as kind of just a <laughs> stupid thing to look at. I picked up a game I actually started when I started this job on this work computer like in February, uh, and I haven't played it probably in a very, very long time. And I'm working on it, but it's fun. It, Cookie Clicker is one of those things where it's like they have a Christmas event and then you can get like Santas and reindeer Ooh. fly across the screen instead of just golden cookies. So there's like, it kind of gets me into the, the Christmas spirit a little bit. I remember playing this game uh, a few different years during like the Christmas to New Year's period where I was like, I, whatever, for whatever reason, didn't have work or school or whatever. And I just like kind of sort of no lifing watching TV and playing Cookie Clicker. So um, <laughs> that's kind of happening again. Um, so that that's here as a, as a fun reminder. Although I'm sure once my last day of work on Thursday comes to a close. I probably won't play cookie clicker again until, uh, maybe next Christmas. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, cause I want to try to, well, as, as I've already mentioned, I'm trying not to spend too much time playing cookie clicker <laughs> while I'm supposed to be working, but it's the holiday wind down, you know? Um, in addition, uh, quick honorable mention for a couple games that I should be playing more of or want to play more of, which is, um, new world as one of them yes i agree you should be playing more yeah you you and me and our buddy were playing a lot of new world and of course josh as well is getting more into new world and i i did that classic thing where i got pretty close to the end not the end of the game but like max level uh and then i kind of burned out a little bit so uh currently somewhere around like level 53 or 4 or something like that uh and just need to finish up leveling but i kind of hit this wall where it just started kind of taking a bit longer and running around to places was getting a little bit like cumbersome. There's the mobs. You've got were, rested XP now. You're fine. I do. I know. So it's one of those things where it's like, I bought a house. I want to go play it. Uh, so, so that's something, I mean, uh, I bought a house in the wrong town because, uh, I was, I was told that oh, everyone okay. wanted to All live right. in the same town. All right. All right. <laughs> and so I, I, I foolishly live in Windsward when I should be living in Everfall where I belong. It's a nice place. Uh huh. Yeah. You it's should beautiful. try to visit one day. I know it's far. <laughs> It's not, it's still my recall for my end. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's, that's where, uh, that's where we're at with new world. I do want to get back to playing it. It's just, fuck. It's one of those things, Witcher, man. Like I just, it's hard. I'm, I'm, 
I'm pulled away. And then I will say, well, I was gone recently. I got this hankering to play some WoW. I don't even really want to play Dragon. I, I kind of want to play Dragonflight. Like I'm interested in the dragon riding and, and playing some of the new zones. But also I kind of just want to, and it's not a classic thing because I have so many games right now that are more engaging um, that I'd rather play that are like harder or something. You know what I mean? Like classic kind of I enjoy because it's a little bit more difficult in some ways, but I'm playing games right now that kind of scratch that itch. But playing some retail, doing some Winter Veil, that's tempting to me. And I do, I haven't yeah. unsubbed in a while. So I, I've been paying Blizzard money. <laughs> so, I mean, I could do it literally anytime. So I, I might log in and do a little Christmas stuff. But honestly, I know, I, Matt, we wanted to do some Christmas stuff in New World. Yeah. So that's probably going to take priority. And I don't even know if I'm, I'm probably not going to touch WoW, but I, w- I will probably <laughs> log into New World in the next, whatever, two weeks of time uh, because perfect well because like for christmas at least for a christmas thing where we're gonna go we wanted to well our idea was to go caroling yes because they have the voice the open voice chat so we're gonna go into (laughs) town and do caroling yeah and see if we can get people to if maybe one of us can play music and then we can get tips yeah uh so that would be great um so something like that that'll be fun and uh yeah maybe i'll maybe i'll get to least max because if i'm at max level even if gear is a thing like i can still jump into a group with you whereas right now i'm a little low to do the content you would want to do so in terms of games i'm actually playing uh, these are going to be quick because i've already kind of touched on them but witcher 3 just fucking rocks performance mode 60 fps on uh xbox series x is golden i'm sure it's great on ps5 as well and you know i was going to say i this is kind of my experience anyway like when i was playing last year I hooked my PC up to my TV to play it, and I like, like I basically used my PC like a console. And I whatever whatever graphic level I was playing at, I did I think I had it set to sixty frames, so I was already kind of enjoying that that feel on the TV. And so when I went back to the when I was shooting the uh, ray trace thirty frames, I felt it. it yeah. I, I felt it. So you know that was that was that. Um, I couldn't go back. This, once I switched to the sixty, it's it's next level. But yeah, I, I'm having a total great time. Like you said before, it's the most novel. It's so novelistic. I think it might be becoming my favorite game. Whoa. This experience has just reminded me how much I love all of the acting. Well, minus one character, Tris. Yeah. I love all the acting. The The voice work is so good. The writing is all incredible. And it just unfolds in this way where there's just st- every story you find feels like a like a short story someone wrote. And some a lot of them might be, you know, like uh, inspired in some way from original short stories and other things as well. So I think so much fun with that. I will be definitely bringing that up more once I played more in the coming weeks. But yeah, psyched uh, as well. High on life. Like I said, played it for a couple hours and it's just, it's weirdly immersive. Like the, the first alien planet you go to in the city, there's just so many characters and while you can't interact with all of them, there's like a screen and on one side of you that's like someone's like the president is telling you about something crazy going on <laughs> on the planet. And over there, two people are talking about mopping up a alien gut spill or something. And then all of a sudden someone over your comms, your, your eight, your heads up display starts talking to you and like this funny voice. And it's a, it's, it's overload. Like that's the one negative, I guess, but it's, it feels lived in. It feels kind of like this huh. it, it, in a way I didn't think it would. It feels like I'm like, oh, I wonder, and, and it's deceptive because I don't think that it actually is. Um, so, but it, it gives you that feeling where you're like, oh, I wonder what's over there because um, I wonder if there's a funny character there who does a weird voice. I wonder if Tim Robinson's voice is going to pop up somewhere or some crazy person. Uh, and that'll be really interesting. 
um, or maybe nothing. And most of the time it's nothing. But when you do get that surprise interaction of someone who actually has dialogue and says something funny, it just feels delightful in that. And again, in that way that I was mentioning before, it feels like an old school game where people were just kind of like almost like a three, that three platformer vibe of like there's kooky characters all over the place that might say something kind of funny and off the wall. And they really like establish themselves. There's so many characters like that in this game, uh, just everywhere. And so that's pretty cool. Yeah. So that, that's fun. I've been having a lot of fun with that. Again, I only played a couple hours, but I think I'm going to do it more. Um, it did, uh, fucking drive rachel crazy like it was she's like this is the most fucking annoying game you could play and i was like that's super fair uh i'm gonna keep playing it but like i'll <laughs> i'll check with you to make sure you're not like feeling annoyed before like, she was like i'm already we're having she was having like an annoyed night and she was like this is not helpful and i was like that's <laughs> yeah. super fair it is like it will push you over the edge this game Psyched to play more of that. But yeah, a lot of it for me is check-ins here on stuff that uh, I'm psyched to talk more about in the next week when I've really dove in and gotten some hours on them. Yeah. Have you seen the Space Applebee's yet? No. Oh my God. What? Yeah. There's a, it's literally, it's just called Space Applebee's. That is so fucking It's the same logo. (laughs) I absolutely love that. Really funny. I love it. All right. Let's move on to Santa's Sack. In Santa's sack, we're going to lend the big guy himself a helping hand. He's quite busy this time of year and might not always be in tune with what games the cool kids are playing. So we're going to throw out our top game recommendations for a variety of categories to help him work through his list a little bit faster. Now, this may come a little bit late for your Christmas shopping, but hey, maybe jot these down for next year. Or you can hope that Santa is a Patreon supporter and listening to this episode on December 23rd. I was just going to say, if you hit up our Patreon, you don't know this. It's too late to, to make this ad. Yeah. But uh, no, next time you won't miss it if you subscribe. Exactly. All right. So for the first, we'll just rotate through these. Paul, we'll go with you first. What's the perfect game for someone who loves good stories? The Witcher 3, baby. <laughs> I mean, like you said, and it was before you even said it way earlier. I wrote this earlier today. It feels like the main, it, it feels like a novel. It feels like when you do a short side quest, it's it's like a short story. It's its, its own little experience. Uh, nothing feels like, even if it's, I, there just aren't quests where it's like, go kill eight drowners. It's That doesn't right. exist. Yeah. Uh, even though there is kind of like, go get the same treasure and things like that. So, but they just do the story spin. Incredible. Yeah, hands down, best stories. That's true. None of the quests in the game are like just these checklist task things. They're they like there might be eight drowners around the treasure that you need to right. get, but they're not part of the quest itself. Yeah, and there's they drop something, and then someone mentions right. how it was their brother who got turned into something, and it, but it's but it, they say it in this really emotional way, and it feels like oh, I just I just read a little story. Right. Yeah. No, that's great. That was actually what I put last year for this question. So for this year, I'm giving two. I I had a backup in case Paul said the first one, but the first one is What Remains of Edith Finch. We've talked about it enough on the show recently, but it is one of the probably the better stories in video games recently. And then Red Dead Redemption 2. I mean, it's the most cinematic story. I've said this a million times. Go check it out. If you haven't yet, you got to play Red Dead Redemption 2. Josh, what about you? What's a perfect game for someone who loves good stories? I always feel the need. You know what? I can cheat now. I can cheat because it's technically all out 
in one nice package called the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Hey. So get that bad boy. Run through. Play it. If you like a good space fantasy, a space opera, you're going to fucking eat that shit up. It's incredible. It's fantastic. Play it. Don't play the first one. Just watch a video. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. honestly, <laughs> unless you just really want to get the experience of the retro, like they, they fixed it a little bit, yeah. but I mean, you can only polish a turd so much, and they polished as best as they could, but it's still a turd. Mike, what about you? Someone who loves good stories. So I'm going to go with uh, Sis and Sleeper. Okay. It's a game that I've been touting for a while. I don't read. Like, if a game sits there and tells you me... You actually can't read. Yeah, I can't. It's <laughs> it's amazing that I was able to play Sis and Sleeper because yeah. it's not voice acted at all. But um, I don't read often at all, if at all. And one of the big turnoffs is if a game has a shit ton of reading, you have to really engage me for me to want to read it. And Citizen Sleeper, I played in a weekend because it was all I played. And that entire game is reading because the story is that fucking good. And I cried at the end over an Android that really didn't have a face or wow. a body or anything. Really? There was, there was a lot to, to my character in terms of, what i was because the game wants you to be that character so true really good <clears throat> really really good um uh, really underrated i think uh should have won a lot of should have been at least nominated for other awards um think disco elysium but but in space and you're a cyborg this is really good it's really really good nice and it's cheap what is the perfect game for someone who loves indies i'll go first and this might come as a little bit of a surprise, not not a major surprise, but the one that I really want to say is, is coming up later on. But I'm I'm gonna say Hell Pie, and I, I'm saying Hell Pie because if you love indies and you have any affinity at all for platformers, you need to just give this a shot. It is, it's really it's up there with the best indie platformer, 3D platformers we've ever gotten. It really is. Hell Pie is really well done, and I on the outset. Like looking at it from afar, videos and screenshots, you might not see that. You're going to notice it when you're actually playing the game. So if you love indies, you love 3D action platformers, you have to play Help High. You absolutely have to. Josh, what about you? We're going to give it to good old Terraria. I could have said Hades, but I mean, I think everybody's played Terraria at this point, but if you haven't, go play Terraria. They put it on sale. They have so many like sales for that game. You can get yeah. it for $2, $3, or just buy it for 10 because they deserve it. There's so much goddamn shit to do in that game. Go get Terraria. It's fantastic. Love it. Mike? Uh, my answer is going to be Cult of the Lamb, because it is three different indie games in one indie game. And if you like indie games, you're going to like it. And if you're new to indie games, you can figure out what type of indie games you actually really like, and you can focus on that. Oh, that's a good point. I like that. Paul, what about you? Um, well, I decided to go for kind of like the obvious answer, I guess, which is Stray best game of all time uh no i'm just kidding I, i'm not actually gonna go astray although i do think it's actually like an interesting game if you're not like a big gamer uh and wanted to play an indie this yeah. would be a good option i think um but if you are a bit of a, a bigger gamer you want to tap into just some pure unadulterated fun uh leisure suit larry no um ollie ollie worlds um was actually my vote for this one uh, I just thought it was a lot of fun. I've only played about like an hour of it. I bought it a long time ago and played like an hour. But I will say 
Um, it's just cartoonish. It's fun. It's got kind of that energy that a lot of like good um, uh, mobile games have, like Alto's Adventure oh, or something yeah. that just kind of has that like colorful momentum based gameplay um, that's really like deceptively simple. But, you know, it builds it out and gives you just like a full, true, proper, uh, you know, game for that. So big fan, a lot of fun. I, I just like when there are games like that that uh, don't need to add a whole lot to make it good. Love it. Josh, we're going to go to you first on the next one. What is the perfect game for someone who wants to push their top of the line gaming rig, bro? This was a hard one for me until it like wasn't. Like it was like in an instant. I'd Forza Horizon 5. I mean, oh, yeah. it's uh I mean, it's designed to be pretty and it's fucking pretty. So take your big fuck off PC, <laughs> turn those settings all the way up and have yourself a blast cuz it is really pretty. Yeah. Mike? This one was difficult because most games that are high intensive in terms of like that, in terms of like performance base, usually aren't good games. Like I think of Crisis, the whole whole (laughs) Crisis, not a good game, but it was a standard for, you know, baselining your PC. Um, I'm going to go with like Microsoft Flight Sim because uh, just crank that shit up, see what happens. Play it for a little bit. Play it for a lot of bit. Have Game Pass and not have to buy it, you know? Perfect. What about you, Paul? I also wrote, uh, first I write IDK uh, Crisis, um, <laughs> but I don't even know if there, I think there recently was a remaster or something like that. Yeah. Mike, we're on the same wavelength here. Uh, Crisis, and then I said Microsoft Flight Sim. Uh, you can crank that game up to a point where pretty much, not, like it's it's almost unrunnable. I've seen people with like 40 nineties uh, and like crazy shit who like crank that up all the way. Wow. And it's hard to get that to be perfectly smooth. That's, that's a feat. Yeah. Before Mike even went, when Josh said Forza horizon five, I wrote in Microsoft flight sim as like a secondary, but yeah, mine is actually my, my pick is cyberpunk 2077. And, and the thing is yes. I, I, in the mess that was the launch of Cyberpunk 2077, something they got totally overlooked is just how insanely good this game's visuals are. Like, this game looks amazing. Night City is amazing. No one can run it at the, like, the level <laughs> right. that, to, like, see it the way it should be seen, you know? See, I, I have a decent PC. It's not amazing, but the game even looks amazing on that. So I, I, can, I can only imagine what uh, some of those new 4090s and, and whatnot, I, I, I can only imagine what it looks like, so... If you've got that, if you have those capabilities, go for it. All right, Mike, we're going to go to you first on this next one. What's the perfect game for someone who loves good music? I was going to say Cult of the Lamb. Uh, that's what I had written down, but I don't want to just say the same answer. So give me come back to me. Okay, okay. Really, we'll really quickly. <laughs> I'm just going to go now because I did actually put down Cult of the Lamb. That was sort of my secondary one. I had it on there. I've said it before like i i've never played cult of the lamb but i listened to the soundtrack because it's that good the other one that i want to say another game that i haven't played death stranding i know that a major draw of death stranding for a lot of people was the soundtrack from uh low roar and i think one of the people from low roar or maybe low i don't know if low roar is one person or if it's a group i don't actually know but i know that Whoever it is, at least one of the people recently passed away. And so I don't think the, the band is really in existence anymore. But go check out Death Stranding because the music in it, from all accounts, I can't speak from personal experience, but from all accounts, it is amazing. Paul, what about you? 
Uh, yeah, I had a lot of trouble with this because like I thought similar things to you like Cult of the Lamb. I, I, it's not something I listened to a ton, but I did kind of listen to it a little bit on your recommendation and it is great, um, great music. And obviously there's a lot of games where I, music is good. It's just honestly, I don't listen a lot. We talked about this before. I'm often like watching TV or doing something yeah. else while I'm playing a game. So it's hard for me to sometimes like clue into good music. I mean, there are ones where I get songs stuck in my head. I was going to say Persona 5 is a game where like I yeah. got songs from that fucking lodged in my brain and they were all embarrassing, ridiculous songs, um, but they're in there. Um, but I, I wrote down just a couple games here um, to run through quick. Wow, classic. Today I was making phone calls for work and I was listening to ambient in music from all the oh. different inns uh, from like the old school. Wow. Love it. And I just forgot how amazing and like diverse some of those songs were. And I also wrote in a very similar fashion to each other, um, Sea of Thieves and New World um, games where you play music. And it's it's often like, you know, games where the music is provided to you. You have certain songs you're able to play. Um, but I just love that communal aspect of playing music. And it makes me like the songs more simple stuff like the 1812 Overture. Not to say that that's not like a classic all time good piece of music. But you appreciate it more when you're like playing it on a boat with your friends. Um, and same with the, the music in New World. There's some really cool compositions uh, in that game. Uh, and I appreciate them more when I'm like focusing in on trying to play them. So that that kind of makes makes music in a game more fun to me when you kind of have that, uh, you know, that interaction. Save Thieves is a really good call. Really good music in that one. Mm-hmm. Josh, what about you? I'm going to give it to good old Near Automata. Yeah. That shit is cash money. I'm glad it won soundtrack of the year last year. I still listen to that shit. It's just like they have really good intense battle music, but I think something that a lot of these like more like Eastern uh, games do really well is like these really fun, but like relaxing, almost basically almost in style, like tavern style songs, except modified for like this hellscape of like a, <laughs> Of a, what the fuck is it? Like a fantasy, like a space fantasy, except they just made the music sound perfect for it. And it's so good. It's fantastic. And I mean, I I still haven't beaten your Automata, but I mean, I fucking love it to death and the music's fantastic. So go listen to it. All right, Mike, we're back to you. I was going to say, you know, another game with a great soundtrack, but Paul, keep me in onto something, you know, playing music in a game. And I got to give it to Trombone Champ. <laughs> trombone champ it's amazing did you want to hear every did you want to hear songs covered by a trombone no well too bad you actually do because it's (laughs) um it's incredible also the start the the selection start screen has you choose your tromboner and that is peak very nice no it's really good actually really good all right i i would recommend good pick it's cheap Paul, what is the perfect game for someone always on the go? Great question. Um, the answer came to me almost immediately, and that is any game with the Steam Deck. Hey, uh, I think it's a good year to consider. Um, you know, Switch is aging, and there's lots of different handhelds, but uh, the Steam Deck now exists, and I think that's pretty fucking exciting. So uh, huge shout out there. You can play anything on your steam library and store it locally. It's a little hefty to be like, you know, on the go want running around, but I think that's kind of a, a cool, cool thing we got in the future here. And it's like a legit PC. So that's why it is yeah. a little bit more hefty. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not going to belabor mine. Uh, it's Marvel snap. 
also just the Apple Arcade in general. There are a ton of really good games in there and more are constantly coming. They put Dead Cells in there recently with added content. A lot of the games that come to Apple Arcade plus. are like, yeah, they're the plus yeah. versions. So they have like additional content. So check it out. Josh, what about you? This is a hard one for me because I don't do a lot mobile or Switch really. I just play it all at the house basically. But I'm going to just begrudgingly say Breath of the Wild. If you have a Switch and you find yourself on the go a lot, just get Breath of the Wild. Like, I am I know I'm the outlier and not liking the game. Just go get it. Enjoy your time when you're sitting in your fucking hotel on your business trip wondering why you left your wife at the house again. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, that's like the hotel on a business trip is the time that you could really get into Breath of the Wild and not really care about the weapon breaking, I feel like exactly because you're just like i'm in this comfy ass hotel bed i just want to play my legend of zelda and yeah. not do anything and you're kind of drunk because everybody gets drunk on a business trip of course yep mike perfect game for someone on the go marvel snap without question i mean it's six rounds you start like you can start up around and it's turn based and put it in your pocket walk like you know get ready go out the door for you know walking your dog and then pull your phone out and it's still your turn on turn one and you can just do your turn and then put it back in your pocket pull it back out later like literally so good so good it's great all right i'll go first on this one what is the perfect game for someone who enjoys a power fantasy so last year i said god of war 2018 and spider-man so this time i'm gonna say god of war ragnarok and spider-man miles morales so just go play the sequels of the games that I said last year because they're like the same exact things, but a little bit better. So uh, go and do that. And there's a remaster of Spider-Man 2018 now. So that's a good, oh, good option as true. well. I mean, yeah. it kind of a little cheating answer. That is true. Yeah, yeah. Josh, what about you? I struggle with this one because I don't play a shitload of power fantasy uh, games. But I'm going to say Halo. You know what? Mm. Fucking. I mean... You know, technically, you put it on legendary. Like they're gonna humble you. Like they're gonna make you feel like a little bitch, uh, and the power fantasy kind of vanishes. But let's just assume you're on like normal or heroic. You're for the most part gonna be beating people's ass, and it feels nice. You feel like Master Chief. It's fun. Very nice, Mike. Yeah, I was gonna say um, Guild Wars Two. Play it because it's you know PC gamers' best <laughs> ongoing game. That's true. And <laughs> um, also, it's really good. Also. I mean, I think any MMO really is a good power fantasy if you want that. If you really want to level someone up and then go to an old area and do one basic attack to nuke everything, you can. True. Yeah. And even some of the end game content, you're just like beating cheeks. So, you know, play an MMO, but play Guild Wars 2. Yeah. Can't do that in uh, ESO, though, because everything scales to you. You actually get less powerful as you level up. That's because it's a bad MMO. Yeah. Uh, Paul, what about you? Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say, um, again, I have a couple quick answers. One is Marvel snap. Um, actually specifically the first oh, 10 hours okay. or so, yeah. um, okay. because okay. you win every game, you go like 50 and O, um, Matt, Matt couldn't believe it. Um, so, uh, yeah, the part of Marvel snap where you play against bots, but don't realize it for weeks on end. <laughs> that part's a good power fantasy. Yeah. Also, I was going to shout out Survivorio, which I've been playing a lot. It's, it, I mean, the same kind of thing with Vampire Survivors, but I think it's a little bit easier uh, to see and to play. And I think there's there's something fun about that kind of game where it auto attacks and you're just getting more and more power ups to get more and more 
you know, you're just mowing down enemies on a huge battlefield. Uh, and obviously it's cartoony and, and goofy, but, uh, you know, it makes you feel like a fucking badass, <laughs> which is cool. Um, but actual true AAA answer is Fortnite. Um, you can uh, be just nobody, a banana even, and yeah. you can take down Darth Vader and Goku and Superman. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're, a, if you're a misogynist, you can take down Brie Larson. Uh, <laughs> so really, you have it all in front of you. So the, the ultimate power fantasy really in front of your, in front of your fingertips. But what if I'm bad at Fortnite? Um, I think no matter how bad you are at Fortnite, kind of the Marvel Snap thing, uh, they you can match you with a lot. lot. They, they <laughs> yeah. match you with a lot of bots. You should be able to take out a Goku bot. You'll be okay. All right, Mike, you're going to go first on this one. What is the perfect game for someone who wants a challenge? Oh, boy. There's so many. But I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with fucking Midnight Suns. Challenge to stay awake. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you were the one wow. saying that it got boring. I didn't say it got boring. I said that it was okay. long. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> it's got a really cool mechanic where um, the game is always going to be a challenge to you because the game will ask you, well, if you want it to be a challenge, which that is the point of the question. If you're doing really well, it'll ask you, do you want to up the difficulty? And you can't actually up the difficulty unless you're doing really well um, because you have to unlock the difficulty um, unlock. So it will constantly scale with you if you start outpacing the game in terms of strategy and being good at it. For context, I'm on the second highest. I'm trying to unlock the highest. So, you know, the game will constantly be a challenge pretty much always. There's only a few times, instances where I'm just like, oh, I'm steamrolling. But um, that's very few and far between. And it's the first game that I've noticed that actually does that. Like... Yeah, that's kind of an will monitor how you're doing and then ask you if you want to try a harder difficulty like Diablo three kind of did that where you could up the difficulty and get better. It's it's a similar it's a similar structure. You up the difficulty, get better rewards. But this is the first game that actually like monitored how you were doing. Very nice. Paul, what about you? I don't know. Elden Ring or some shit. (laughs) All right. Well, that's fair. I said Call of the Sea, this game, it's essentially a walking sim, but it has really challenging puzzles in it, puzzles that are way more challenging than you would expect them to be. And then I did also right here, I said, or hey, you know, you could also go play the game of the year as well, <laughs> which of course is, is Elden Ring. Josh, what or about you? Shit. We're giving it to Dark Souls 3, baby. Uh, I mean, Elden Ring's fantastic, but if anyone ever wanted to get into the Souls games or really challenging Souls-like games... I would recommend Dark Souls 3 every time. It is simply the best far, and and it's the perfect place to start with those games, and then you branch out from there. Paul, what's the perfect game for someone who wants to explore? Um, So I wrote New Worlds, actually. I find that so immersive. Uh, I think the environments are some of the best environments and landscapes I've seen in the game. I mean, Witcher also has that for me, but there's something about New World being an MMO, finding people out there um, and not knowing anything about the lore because there really isn't a whole lot. Uh, it's it's It feels really open and cool like that. And I also did write um, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, uh, if you're feeling so inclined. Obviously not something I myself have played, um, but I think just the idea that you can fucking explore and run around when it works uh, in an open world Pokemon game is just fucking killer. So cool. So the two that I wrote, I'm not even going to talk about them because we've already talked about them a million times. But yeah, The Witcher 3, the next gen update, and New World. 
But I do also want to throw in another game that we always talk about, which is Sea of Thieves. Like these are just three games that are great for exploring yeah. new worlds and just seeing these these vast open areas and in, in, in at least New World and Sea of Thieves, you're seeing other players and interacting with them as well. So highly recommend. Josh, what about you? Uh, you know, I could have just said uh, Skyrim because you get to explore. Nah, I, honestly, I think the most rewarding exploration is probably The Witcher 3. Just strictly because it's told in like a really well well done story, like even the little bitty ones from time to time, you just go explore. Oh, that's a question mark. Let me go to it. Oh goodness, there's a man being hung, uh, but he's just trying to go back to his family. What do I do? Do I let him go through with it? Do I kill him? Like what? What's what's the deal here? I don't know. It's just really nice to and then and then you get the chest. It's like a nice little thing on top. Uh, so yeah, that it's it's so nice. I. I I actually never thought I'd like to explore in The Witcher and then shit just grabbed me. It's like it's like with a like with you Paul with the White Orchard it's like just doing everything is just like it just gets you so quick especially when there's little stories. I feel like you me like a lot of us were like got stuck in White Orchard and we we're like I'm sick of this. I want to go play the rest of the game and then we'd quit or something like that. But now it's like I just I'm so in love with the the world now. Yep. Mike, what about you for someone who wants to explore? It's a cop-out answer because I already gave it as one. I didn't want to repeat answers, but Guild Wars 2, it's free and it's great. If you play from vanilla to like latest expansion, not only is the exploration just going to continuously get better and better as you go because the maps are going to get more and more detailed and larger, um, as well as, you know, adding things like verticality and vastness uh, with the path of fire. There's not a ton of maps. Like, I feel like Guild Wars 2 probably gets a lot of shit because there's not, like, outside of vanilla, they started releasing, like, a few maps at a time. But the quality of the map that you're getting is really, really good. I remember with the latest expansion, just going going across the rooftops and finding little, like, Easter eggs or little scenarios that you wouldn't have thought that you would find on the rooftops of Kynang City, uh, New Kynang. And then you go down into the slums and it, it was really cool to explore the new, the new expansion. That's all I'm going to say. Because the fact that I came to the realization that because the slums were taken out by a tsunami between Guild Wars 1 and Guild Wars 2, and then you go to New Kynang City and you're like, wow, this is like really rich and wealthy and high tech. But then you go to the like sea level of new kinding city and it's all slums and then you come to the realization that that's the slums because if there's another tsunami that's where all the people will die and you're like wow that's really fucking shitty but it's environmental storytelling no one tells you that you just realize that as you start exploring that's mm, that's a plus in an mmo amazing yeah that was definitely my favorite part of guild wars 2 was exploring the world so they the zones are pretty large and they all they're all pretty beautiful i mean they're really fun to explore they, they look great visually so that that's a great pick next one what's the perfect game we have a couple more here what's the perfect game for someone with a lot of time on their hands paul let's go to you yeah um i went for the game that if i had just unlimited time i would get so into which is persona 5 royal I want to play this game real bad, but every time I think about sitting and playing it, 
I think about how I don't have a hundred, I won't sit and play it for a hundred hours. It's right. never going to happen. So I just, I don't want to get halfway through it. And so I'm just waiting for, I don't know, waiting if I get fired one day, this will be the game that I like <laughs> just do and spend like three months doing. Very nice. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. Mine is Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Valhalla, both really long Assassin's Creed games, but kind of actually going back to the exploration thing as well. Like if you like to explore these worlds in these video games and you have a lot of time on your hands, like a shit ton of time, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is got to be one of the biggest games like from a geographical standpoint I've ever played. I don't I can't think of another game that I've played that's bigger than Assassin's Creed Odyssey. It's fucking massive and there's so much to do. I put a ton of time in that game and I didn't do nearly everything like there was still so much left over but you got a lot of time i i would say jump into that it's a lot of fun assassin's creed odyssey is a really good game josh what about you giving it to rocket league baby i think it's just uh, with rocket league i just it, it'd be so easy to just be like okay you can get into a story you can go forever i think if you're looking for something like competitive to just invest time into and get really excited about and you know fully invest in like a new thing if you've never done it before Rocket League's a really good option, too, because the controls are really tight. The game is just really fun. The ranking system isn't too bullshit. And it's just a it's a fantastic game. And it's so easy to lose time, to because there will be times I log on just wanting to play two or three games, and I log off as time for bed, and yeah. I didn't do anything I wanted to do as far as gaming goes that night aside from play Rocket League. So <laughs> I'd recommend it for sure. I really need to just try it at some point, especially now that it's free. It's great. Mike, what about you? Uh, yeah, I <clears throat> had two answers, but I'll give one. Stardew Valley. I think I, I think of this question as what game is name a game in which you sat there and started playing and you're like, wow, there's bonus game. And Stardew Valley is one of those games. Like you think it's just going to be a farming relationship sim, um, which it is. And then all of a sudden, you know, the desert gets unlocked and then all of a sudden an island gets unlocked and you go over there and there's bonus game and other parts of the story without spoiling get unlocked. And you're like, Oh look, more bonus game, like games that surprise you a game that surprises you with how much content is in it, especially when the packaging suggests yeah. that it's smaller than it is. Stardew Valley. hundred percent. I like it. Good answer. I'll start us off on the final one here. What is the perfect game for someone who's younger and wants to try a quote unquote retro game? So last year, I actually put a retro game. I put Legend of Zelda Wind Waker, which pains me to call that a retro game. But at this point, it is. It is a retro game. But this year, what I'm saying is Tunic. It's not a retro game itself, but it certainly emulates one, and it references retro games, especially with its menus and how it does that. Not only the menus, but sort of the instructions that it gives you throughout the game with its its booklet that sort of emulates the the booklet that you would get in your packaging of your game back in the day and so i would say go for that and and it's while it can be a little bit difficult they added the other difficulty options there's also a no fail mode so younger person who wants to, to sort of get an idea of what retro games were like but in a modern way tunic totally josh what about you i had it all turned around on this one as far as what this one was uh, I probably should have used the uh, implied uh, 
you know, nice little inverted commas you have there around the word retro and probably should have used those for picking my game out. <laughs> the inverted, also known as quotation marks. Yeah, also known as quotations. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. You know, would it be fair to say Valheim? I I'm almost want to because it has that like old look and feel and almost reminds yeah. me of like a PS2 retro game like when you load up and yeah, like okay. hop on it at the it's time. like that ps1 make kind of vibe yeah exactly that that's kind of the vibe i get from it and i think that'd be a really good opportunity to just see like core down-to-earth game design it's really simple you just build your base the graphics are basic as shit it's all about core gameplay and just surviving in the wilderness and i think probably something they probably would have done in ps1 or ps2 i'll accept it i'll accept it mike what about you uh, yeah, I'm going to go with um, Celeste because it's got the retro vibes in the graphics. I feel like that's what at least, you know, a younger generation, they would see, oh, my God, pixels so bad <laughs> and think that's a retro game. You know, Celeste, I don't think is a retro game, but it has retro game feel to it in the fact that it is at times unforgiving, um, which is was a big thing with you know retro games you know games that we grew up with they weren't nice yeah uh, fucking play the lion king that Man, shit was hard that game fucking rocks <laughs> the game's super hard though yeah, like it is. it's so unforgiving like you know i i think i think celeste has that same type of quality i mean it's forgiving in the fact that like there are checkpoints but like you have to do the technical jumping or you, you just you don't make it through the game. It doesn't hold your hand. Yeah, that's a good one. I like it. Paul, what about you? Yeah, um, so I want to take a page out of my Steam Deck answer earlier and say shout out to pl the Playdate. I don't know if you folks have seen oh. this. It's a little yellow. Um, it's a cute little yellow handheld. It's got a crank on the side. Um, which uh, actually is one of the fun kind of novel ways you interact with it. It's got like a black and white screen uh, and there's a lot of kind of like retro-y, very basic games. Um, really cool. There's like no internet connectivity. I mean, there might be a little bit for like down like a firmware, um, but it's not like, you know, it's good for kids who you may not want to get them a phone playing mobile games yet or, or they may not have it on their system. This is kind of a fun thing to kind of experience what a retro game was like, but in its own little package. And listen... A lot of those games are pretty, pretty basic, pretty retro. If you're feeling like you want to dive a little bit deeper and get more into the games of your own childhood, we also have the analog pocket, um, which Matt, you yeah. know, I've obviously mentioned to you, which is um, that fantastic Game Boy clone yeah. um, with a beautiful uh, LCD display, um, nice and big, which can fit uh, your Game Boy cartridges and, and all kinds of things too, Game Gear. Um, all kinds of stuff. So if you want to maybe buy some old cartridges or dig some out from from the basement and your kid goes, well, how am I supposed to play these weird, um, you know, these weird tapes? Um, <laughs> you pull out the analog pocket and they'll almost feel like it's a modern game. It looks so good. Yeah, I, I, I'm still interested in buying one of those at some point. I, I, I think you should. If you have the cartridges, like yeah. forget it. Yeah, yeah so I, th I think I might have to do that at some point. But there we go. We uh, we just filled up Santa's sack, and he's uh, he's ready to go to uh, bring presents to all of you good boys and girls. So uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. All right, let's move on to a special shout-out. Each panelist is going to give a special shout-out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why this lucky someone is getting this attention. I'll go first. 
a special shout out to Tamira in The Witcher 3. If you know, you know. Paul, your special shout out. <laughs> Dummy thick. Uh, <laughs> special shout out. Uh, I'm going to get a little emotional here. Special shout out to all of y'all at home listening to the podcast. Um, it's not like the end of the year wrap up or anything, but you know, the holiday season episode. And I think it's important to uh, just wish all of you a happy holiday. And I hope you're spending time with loved ones. And we really appreciate the time you take out of the time with your loved ones to spend with us listening to this podcast uh, every week. It's so cool that you listen to it. Um, and, and we're part of the fam as well. And you're part of ours. So thanks so much for listening, everyone. Oh, and also Tamira, because she's got a fire ass. <laughs> That's beautiful. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Josh, a special shout out. I'd like to give my shout out to not the people at home. I'd like to retroactively oh. reverse Paul's shout out yeah. Holy by shit, just dude. shouting out absolutely no one at all. I feel like I feel like something happened. Something went back inside <laughs> me. <laughs> From you, Josh. It's your it's your red rock. Oh no, oh, no, no, no. Shit. I gotta give a real one. I gotta give a shout out. It's been a minute. It's been a minute since I've shouted them out. Big shout out to the Wawa. Fantastic. I had one of their breakfast burritos the other day. Oh my fucking god, bro banger the chipotle creamy sauce incredible had it with a monster a little bit of homemade hot sauce it was perfect out the door incredible so far two of the four shout outs are not video game related well i will accept paul's as video game related because it's our audience but josh gave two shout outs one is not our it's one is, specifically one is no, taking no mine one. away yeah it's specifically no one uh which is not video game related and the other is the wawa which uh well we know that one Mike, give your special <laughs> shout out, please. Um, I want to shout out whoever at Firaxis decided that Midnight Suns needed bathing suit customization because they knew that a lot of people came to the game for the plot. Oh, yeah. But why can't I hook up with <laughs> Captain America? <laughs> yeah. Because that's America's ass. It's not just America's ass. It's mine, too. Mine, <laughs> daddy, please. Have you gotten to the, uh, in, in High on Life, have you gotten to the Space Wawa yet? I haven't. I haven't even made it to the space Applebee's, but uh, I, w- I really want to make it to the space movie theater. Yeah, well, I got to watch the movies. You know, the space movie theater. No specific brand, just the space movie theater. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah. The Galaxy Cinemas. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Groups Podcast, <laughs> the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. If you really like the show, we encourage you to check out our. Patreon. Oh my God. Yes, dude. Patreon.com slash goodnight groups, where we currently have two different tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated and is going to go a long way in improving everything here at the Goodnight Groups. The $3 plus tier is actually going to get you access to the show two days early. You're getting this one on Christmas Day if you're not a patron. So uh, I don't know. You might be with family and stuff. So, pony up the cash. Pony up the cash and you get it early. And you can listen on Go back your in trip. time. Yeah. <laughs> Go back in time. A special shout Matt, out. Matt, Matt, oh, really quick. Yep, I just yeah, wanted thanks. to say, uh, I, I thought interrupting once wasn't enough. Um, I was going to spend, <laughs> uh, I was going to buy you a Christmas gift. Yeah. Um, but I only wanted to spend like $1.50. Oh. Are you suggesting instead I, give, I give $3 to the Patreon, aka you, and then Patreon makes sure that you only get $1.50 of it? That's probably the best route, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll, I'll make sure to do that. Perfect. Thank and so you. should you all at home. A special shout out to our honorary groups supporting us in the $5 plus tier. That's Andre D, James B, Jeremy R, and Derek versus the world. A round of applause for them, please. 
the hypno hustler himself. Yeah, woo. We also ask that you take a couple minutes to drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Everything helps us out. Make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all of our content. Where you'll find this podcast, Southern Fry Groups, game reviews, and more. Mike has a blog post up there right now. It's sort of a post-mortem of the Game Awards. I know we shouted out on the podcast last week, but go check it out. Not enough people have viewed it. Yeah. So uh, we know who you are. Yeah, we know all of you. <laughs> I, we actually have like zero analytics on the website, so yeah. uh, we have we have no we know idea, nothing, no clue, absolutely. <laughs> on the website, you're also going to find a link to the community Discord where you can hang out with everyone, get the quickest updates, and well, you can chat with us on a daily basis. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I post uh, my whatever Christmas present I got every morning, every single morning, every single morning with my breakfast. Paul's so spoiled; he gets a Christmas present 365 days a year, 366 in leap. I do. Rachel, uh, mommy, I mean, Rachel, she <laughs> gives me a gift every day. <laughs> yeah, it's super. It's a strange situation. Or I cry, cry, cry until she gives me her, her credit card and then I go online and shop. <laughs> Before we get out of here, guys, do we have any final thoughts? Matt, you're such a professional. Yeah, I know. Thanks. That'll do it for us here today. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Well, you know what? Take care, everyone. 